Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to usually pick the best movie of any given year. But tonight we are doing something a little bit different. We're going to pick the best comedy TV show of 2020. I am your host, Greg. I am so pleased you could be with us. And I'm so pleased that joining us are all three of the Unnatural 20s. Hello, Unnatural 20s. Welcome to the show. Hey, we're so happy to be here. Very good. Very efficient, all three of them at the same time. (laughs) So you know who they are. That was, of course, Books, Caitlin, and Cassie from the Unnatural 20s. A very good podcast. Also joining me is Mike. Hello. I get a solo intro. Yes, sir. And Ryan. Hello. Well, I'm so glad everybody is here. We are all accounted for. So the, the comedies of 2020 before we jump right into the ones that we feel missed the bracket i want to ask what is the state of 2020 comedy what do you think ryan i think mostly it's the state of 2019 comedy who had no idea what how awful 2020 was going to be i don't (laughs) i don't think that we have seen comedy comment on this yet and there's there's a couple shows that have come out recently uh like superstore where people have masks and shit and maybe that's Uh what it's going to be like but Watching all these 2020 comedies, they all seem so pure and young and not having any idea that, like, no, this year was actually worse than all other previous years. Books, do you agree with that? That uh, we it was like the quiet before the storm? It was absolutely the quiet before the storm. And I thought comedies were really great this year, but I don't know if I thought they were really great because the year was so shitty or because they were actually doing good things. I, I can't separate <laughs> my judgment from that. Yeah, it... Uh, Comedies made a good escape in 2020, right? Like, they did a good job of, of helping us to disconnect. Do you, do you agree with that, Caitlin? Uh, yeah, I definitely do. Uh, there was a lot of good comedies out this year um, and available on all streaming services. I think I dipped my toes into a lot more comedies than I would have previous years yeah. because I had a lot more time. <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, all these streaming services, no way. Ha, more the fool me, because I have so many of these streaming <laughs> services pumping through my devices at the moment. Well, let's talk about shows that did not make the bracket. The ones we'll be talking about tonight are Ted Lasso and The Great, How To with John Wilson and Harley Quinn, What We Do in the Shadows the, and The Good Place, Shit's Creek, and Better Things. Is that, uh, what do you call that, Greg, 1927 Yankees? Like... It's a fucking murderer's row. Yeah, this is eight incredible comedies. Like the, the the state of 2020 comedy is so strong that there were not even in the original 16. And if you go back and listen to the preview show, you can hear the, the 16 that became the round of eight. There weren't even weaknesses in the round of 16. I mean, the, like you could go out and you could go out even further than that. And so let's do that right now. Cassie, do you have a comedy that didn't make the bracket and you find yourself incensed? Oh, man. Thank you for going to me first, because I know it's one that's loved by a lot of us. But uh, I was it made I kind of made sense that it didn't make it, but it was so good. Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) describe this show for our listeners. Oh, man, it's a sketch TV show. And it's like three. I think they're Australian dudes. They teamed up with like Scott Ackerman to get this TV show. And um, it's half like Lonely Island. There's a lot of songs in there. And then Uh just dumb sketch shows like like Morning Brown. Morning Brown. It gave Everything's us morning a drum. brown. 
<laughs> I literally like everything is a drum has become my motto because of this show. Like I'm constantly tapping on things and people at work get infuriated with me. And my only response is everything's a drum. So like you can't get mad at me. <laughs> I think this is the show that made us all feel like missionaries. Like we put on sh- like short sleeve shirts and ties and went door to door saying, "Have you heard of Auntie Donna?" Yes. Yeah, I and was transformed into this because of Mike and Ryan. Like Mike and Ryan preached the good word to me and changed my life. So, <laughs> have you heard the good word? They, like nobody, nobody vacillates between like very innocent, lovely friendship and pure demonic. Uh, tomfoolery as Auntie Donna does. <laughs> it's also, I think it's important for me to note that my dad's sister's name is Donna. So you have does she have oh. a big old house of fun? She does not. It's actually the exact opposite, Mike. It's a tiny house of terrible. <laughs> but I do have an Auntie Donna. Well, if we were scoring, then that is definitely something that would get you a point, Ryan. But since I have no points to offer you, let's go to you next. What's one that missed the bracket that you are? upset about every year we go through the brackets and we're always shocked by how many first seasons make the the comedy and drama brackets and it's because we get tired and bored of shit but i think every year until this year insecure has been on there and maybe it just felt like it was going through the motions it wasn't doing anything new but i would argue that that's stupid because i have a predicto ryan what's that my prediction about that is that it's all because uh, the two, the main character and her friend were beefing. Now I'm blanking on both of their names. Sex in the City style? That, <laughs> Molly and Issa. Yeah, that Molly and, uh, that the whole season was kind of a little bit diminished because Molly and Issa, who were like the heart and soul oh. of that show, were beefing the entire, the characters themselves were beefing the entire. And so it made it just slightly less joyful, really. I thought your prediction was that the real actresses were pissed at each other. But no, yeah. I bet they're best buds. It wasn't as delightful. And this was supposed to be against men, right? Like, yeah. men are stupid. And then when we, but we never had in all the first three or four seasons of Insecure, we never had this like week in, week out tense drama of will mm-hmm. they, won't they be fucking friends again? Please, Molly and Issa, just get back together. And so we had that tension with all of the typical comedy and mirror raps and uh, splice of lives and musings that insecure always offers us yeah the idea that you got to see Issa come up and then at the same time she like wasn't there with her best friend right very difficult can't wait till next season i bet it gets back on the bracket um just because they're they're gonna be friends again mike what is the show that you think should have made it on the bracket but did not those were the two that i was most incensed about so uh (laughs) i'll say one maybe it's because we all realized that the actual guy might be kind of a dickhead uh but i thought dave was phenomenal on Hulu about the up-and-comer joke rapper Dave and uh, how it went from super goofy. Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky. Uh, super goofy, the, then handling uh, like mental health uh, really well and handling a throughout the show pretty deftly, uh, this guy's the protagonist in his own head, and then you slowly start to peel away and it's like, but this is how the rest of the world is starting to see you. Uh, I, I thought it was a lot more... Uh, mature than people gave that credit for as a show yeah this was very high on the bracket until like the very final corrections and then it fell all the way off i was surprised that it it didn't do better real quick greg i do want to shout out that uh because of covid or possibly other reasons uh atlanta barry black lady sketch show it's always sunny in philadelphia the other two and righteous gemstones like 2020 took a lot of shows away from us as well yeah so and i think that when I do this list next week for drama, there's going to be even more shows. So 
these like these are all worthy shows that are going to make the bracket even harder next year. I mean, gosh, you know, four hundred thousand American lives, but then also a lot of really really good comedy yeah, shows. The real tragedies. Right? <laughs> it's it's just so crazy that Ryan was incensed that I was getting to talk about a show, so he decided to interrupt me saying anything about Dave to fucking talk about that. That's fine. I let you finish every one of your sentences. Every single every one. Every single one of your two of your sentences, sentences you said about very Dave. gracious. All right, let's see. Who have I not gone to yet that has not had a chance? Okay, Caitlin, let's go with you. What uh, what show are you upset is not on the bracket? Greg, I am super upset that, first of all, no one's brought this up because it was definitely one of the best comedies that I've seen. And it changed my life. You know, a lot of things changed my life. But Julie and the Phantoms that came out on Netflix was fantastic and phenomenal. I thought it was just going to be a like a teen show, but it ended up being it. It got me. It was a so really did- fun show. Describe what? the show a little bit to our listeners. Okay, so Julie and the Phantom, is, it's about a young girl, and she's Puerto Rican, and her mom passes away. So she never goes into her mom's like studio area. One day she goes in there, and there's these phantom boys in there, and they're playing Hey-o. some rock instrument, instruments, and uh, she has to help them find like their uh, crossover, basically. And she rocks out with them because no one else can see them until they rock out together. So um, they play shows together and it's a lot of fun. And then there's twists and turns and God, it's so good. It's I'm going to be honest. It would yeah. be easy to 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 try to stunt on that show and act like I'm too cool for it. But that premise actually does sound kind of cool to me. <laughs> Especially when you find out that in the finale, those boys died because their mom had them chained up. And so they wrote a gold song. <laughs> no, my, Mike, real dark Mike turn. how they die fucking sad it's sad as hell i like i bet it is it's how four young men die <laughs> it was and really just, sad just to connect to everything so far uh, i have an auntie donna i have a sister named julie i have a friend named dave and all of them are insecure so <laughs> <laughs> it all comes Dang. back to ryan <laughs> ryan save it for a show that has points on it you're crazy <laughs> all right books Let's go to you last. What show should have made it but did not? Uh, this is one of the first comedies that I watched in 2020, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I solely watched it because I got Apple TV for free, and it was available to be. Oh, shit, did a- you watch Ted Lasso? I watched Ted Lasso, yeah. guys. Uh-huh. Isn't it so good? <laughs> good news, bad news situation on this box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after watching Ted Lasso, actually, I think I watched this before because Ted Lasso wasn't out. I watched a comedy called Trying, which is about a British couple trying to have a baby oh, and yeah. then adopt a baby. And it is dark and hilarious um, and deeply emotional but like heartwarming and it's just very very funny and well done so i think that show was great i think it got a lot of hate just because it was on apple tv which is uh kind of shitty thing to do to the writers and the actors and the creators of this show <laughs> that so your whole build-up i thought you were gonna say dickinson i was like we get it your name is books <laughs> <laughs> maybe no. you've heard maybe you've heard of this little uh tv show based off of an author i don't know uh well, unfortunately for those programs, all of which sound interesting, all of which are hilarious, uh, it's just a boom time for very good comedies. And so there are a lot of other ones that we are going to talk about today instead, as soon as we come back from this break. And we are back with our first matchup. It is number one seed Ted Lasso versus number eight seed The Great. Seed. We start off with feel-good comedy of the year, Ted Lasso. 
in which Jason Sudeikis reprises his commercial character, the titular Ted, in a show that in many ways eclipses the commercials from which it sprang. (laughs) It's squaring off against the great, a show that really is. Remember that movie, The Favorite? Well, this show saw that movie and thought, damn, that should all be set in Russia and probably be super violent, but otherwise, damn. (laughs) So, Caitlin, I ask you this. Is there a chance we are seeing a potential finals matchup, but here in the first round? Um, I, these are two shows that I really, really enjoyed. And I didn't think I was going to like the great because I honestly didn't like all of the favorite. But I think um, the great did an amazing job at pulling in all this drama with this rich history and stuff. And it was fantastic. So yeah, whoever comes out of this, which I think I know who's going to come out of this, I think uh, may take it all down, Greg. Plus, so you think the winner is found in this matchup? Man, I think it could be. <laughs> Ryan, you have to respond to that. The, I mean, like, the great beat in an hour. What are we, like, right off the bat, what are we yeah. doing here? Like, comedy is this the first time minutes. ever? It, I think Crazy Ex-Girlfriend bounced around between okay, the yeah. comedy and drama brackets throughout the years. Um, but I do have to say this. I know that Ted Lasso is the number one seat. And I know that means a lot to brackets and i know the show means a lot to all of us but i think that ted lasso is the most likable show of all time i think that yes in the rotten tomatoes world where you either get you either give like a plus or a minus then ted lasso is at like 100 percent. it's fresh right mm-hmm. it's certified fresh. it's certified fresh but i do <laughs> think that it's likability at some point stops somewhere and at a certain point we have to start talking about what is actually good tv or great you're predicting TV. like it's stopping maybe like season three or season four it'll stop is that what you're saying no i'm saying that uh the great even though that it was an hour maybe was able to do more with what it presented to us okay does, does anybody get angry just hearing ryan voice that opinion i do and like you know what it might be valid but i feel the need to square up in a denny's parking lot as soon as i came out of his mouth <laughs> so, there's like, no reason to say it might be valid yeah. you could take the girl out of riverside <laughs> Yeah, I think we can fully say how great the great is without besmirching Ted Lasso's good name. It was what surprised me the most about the great was like the acting because I didn't know any of these people had like comedic abilities and they all knocked it out of the park. Oh, Nicholas Holt rules, Mister About a Boy. Do you guys remember when he was this tall? About a boy, he was all about a boy, and now (laughs) now he's grown up and kept his exact same eyes and eyebrows, which is insane. And that would make you mad. Tony on Skins, a very popular uh, BBC show he that was some R and Warm Bodies. Yes, and I was going to bring that up. Man. Let's just say when Greg he's, says BBC, it's not probably what you're thinking of. No, it, but if I say BBW, black. it definitely okay, is. Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I it, it, I think that it's a show that has a ton to say and it does a lot great. And then it also has Nicholas Holt, who is just a comedic dervish the entire time. Yeah, yeah I, it, go, Mike. I I think he, his his career was weird because he was just in this kind of like sci-fi corner ghetto, and people were just like you're allowed to be in those movies, and you're Fury Road, right? So high, and Fury Road w- was like, I'm not just the new beast. I'm not just R. I can be good. And then from Fury Road, he jumped to the favorite, and his comedic timing in that started to flourish and so this he just kept running with it. I hope we see just so many things from little Nikki Holt from here on out. <laughs> and Mike, I. Mike, I do have to ask, when you say new beast, do you mean N-U-Umlaut beast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dark beast. He's a little crazy. 
And he I, did like this show in general was super good at balancing like you wanted to root for him and you also hated him. Like the, at every episode, oh, yeah. you wanted to be like, maybe he is becoming better. And then he would like murder no. a whole bunch of people, like make everybody stab their eyes out. And you're like, Shoot no, a bear. he's actually the worst. <laughs> but every episode you had a moment where you rooted for him. It was the weirdest dynamic. And and this is, I remember when Super 8 came out, we were like, oh shit, is this the better fanning? Can Dakota not hold a candle to Elle? And then Elle kind of went away for a while and she's back and better than ever. Mm-hmm. And she she she's a tour de force and like just is is like the the glue that holds this show together as as much as it's yeah his performance it's hers as well right right. i mean she is like so crazy good and obviously she's the titular great right and i think one of the i mean that that's not what nicholas holt would have you believe but yes i think that's true (laughs) (laughs) one of the um fantastic parts of the show aside from the two brilliant leads who carry us through everything is that usually when shows kind of push at the seams of the absurdities it distances you from the reality of the character's emotions or the but this still holds you at that level even when the, it actually brings you in even more even when the most absurd things are happening and that's just credit to the brilliant writing that is done here yeah early on the the, the show like starts off brutal and then gets pretty goofy and then comes back down when uh, Elle confronts the, the the priest who's a great actor and he's squirrely and he's at everything and she's like well you put your fingers inside of me against yeah. my will and it's like not played for laughs and you're like oh, oh so we're not just going to be goofy after that we're going to we're gonna have to deal with ramifications of horror okay, okay. And the, the guy always has the face of like oh I thought you got over that no I did <laughs> right. not I did not do that yeah. but do, like were you guys at any point watching it surprised that it was in the comedy bracket no no I was no. dying the whole time <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a it's a comedy with dramatic elements and costumes. Um, but yeah, but yeah. it is so clearly a comedy. It, it's it's staged as a comedy in in every way. Like there's no scene where it takes time off from being funny. You know, there was a- every time he says "boys," I said this. I laugh never because of what he's saying, but because of the, <laughs> just that instinct. And he's so good at playing that kind of pompous ass. There was a moment when there was a choir of children that came in and they were the the choir of Chernobyl and they were like just making uh-huh. comments like, oh, they're glowing and things like that. They're glowing. And they just had a lot of like little comments like that. So it was very clearly a comedy and it did have a lot of drama. But man, I was laughing the whole time. It also I feel like we're the- doing a. Go ahead, the, sorry, Cassie. No, you're good. It had the good background of uh, making fun of Russians, yeah. which is just a solid thing to like kind of lean back on. But they didn't overplay it. It was which I was surprising. But like you knew it was a comedy because they're like they're Russian. Look at them. It's weird. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> I, I I do have to say though, it's weird. We're we're not talking about the lesser show, Ted Lasso, at all. Like guys, this is our last chance to talk about Ted Lasso. <laughs> so oh, Ryan. should we not do that? Oh, Ryan. So. Ted Lasso, arguably the most successful show based off a uh, commercial since um, the Caveman show. Oh, I miss the Caveman. Nick Kroll. Yeah. <laughs> it is just, I keep bringing that up because it's so hard for me to believe that this is actually a show this good with this much heart that's so lovable comes from a character desi- like made for I commercials. I thought you made that up in the I intro. thought you did no, too. <laughs> Uh, the idea is supposed to be, you know, uh, get Americans used to the Premier League, uh, get used to English, uh, what they call footy um, or okay. uh, lift biscuits. And, um, no you know, so <laughs> then, but then it was so it was so popular and Jason Sudeikis like fell in love with the project. And so they decided to make the show it. Um, 
beyond just having a lot of heart, it's an extremely funny show, right? Like that's not, heart isn't the only thing it has going. Yeah, for I it. think heart. It's heart forward, and that's before I watched it. That's all anybody talked about. So I was like, oh, so it's not actually going to be funny. It's just going to be heartwarming. But I think the heart wins people over because of the years of it's always sunny in Philadelphia type shows of look how fucking bad these people are. And I got to say, when it's heart forward, and this is something that I think I believe that Borat says it like this. My wife said while watching watching the show, is this the only heart forward show? It, mm-hmm. Like that is on TV right now. Is this the only show that has heart first and then all the rest second? But even with its heart, because I think there's a lot of treacly garbage through the decades of TV that's heart forward. Uh, it's still always super funny. Mm-hmm. Like Ted is a funny character in this world. He knows it feels like half the time he's saying something weird in Southern. He knows he's going <laughs> to freak people out. Like he knows how funny all of this is. And uh, him and Beard both, both like, it's it's rare that funny people, like characters who are supposed to be funny to the world, not just the people watching it, work. And the two of them are a comedy duo. The one thing that's kind of unfortunate about Ted Lasso is I couldn't imagine being English and enjoying the show. Because it really feels like um, a show about Americans encountering you know how odd english culture is and it, it to me it seems more like it's written from the perspective of a tourist in england and a lot of that comes down to the way the premier league is sort of shown it as someone who follows the premier league a little bit it greg, doesn't actually we're feel get into this oh great it, it doesn't actually well <laughs> like i couldn't imagine being in england and being a fan of the premier league and then watching how they treat it because for it a lot of times like they treat the team that he coaches they treat it like it's a kind of rinky dink organization that's a huge multi-million dollar organization. Like they're not going to have the trainer and then, being one of the coaches. In the final game, one of the winning plays is an American <laughs> football play, which I have to yeah. I have to guess. I don't know a lot about soccer or a football non-americano, but uh that's not going to work in soccer, right? It's spoilers, but what it is is they do the knuckle puck from Mighty Ducks too. But in the um, in the meantime, Ted Lasso will uh, talk about Alfonso Ribeiro, and he will say, "Anytime I see him, I will take a minute and I will sit right there and I will watch him." And that <laughs> that's mm. that man is the greatest physical comedian of all time. Well, unfortunately, it's time for us to pick which one of these comedies is going to move on. I don't think there is a much harder first round matchup, but honestly, I don't think there are many that are easier than this either. So <laughs> let's just get to it. Let's just get used to it. It's going to be a tough night, and I don't want to hear whining. So, Ryan, what do you think should move on, Ted Lasso or The Great? It's The Great. Ooh. One vote for The Great. Caitlin, what do you say? Man, I think I laughed harder watching The Great. Um, Ted Lasso made me feel more happy after watching it and like hopeful for the world. Um, So they're really both great ones, but I'm going to go with Ted Lasso. All right. One and one. Cassie? Uh, For me, insane. Just an insane bracket. But yeah, it's going to be Ted Lasso. All right, Ted Lasso pulls into the lead, Books. This is such a tough one because I do love both these shows, but I still think Ted Lasso was better. All right, three to one, Ted Lasso. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, there's only one show. We we have a lot of homework in this era of our lives where we have to watch and listen to a thousand things, and there's only one (laughs) project that I could not stop and got behind on everything else because I couldn't stop hitting next on Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso moving on. Remember, this is not to besmirch the great. It is such an amazing show. This really is the second round. 
Uh, <laughs> if you want to see what happened in the first round, listen to the preview show. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time to give out our first ever comedy award. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far, and let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com, and it's everything you need that's related to pop filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! We are back, and I am so excited. It's one of my favorite things we do on this show is give out awards. I'm a participation trophy kid, and just awards always get me jazzed. I was always getting like most improved, which meant like you're bad and you always were bad, but I don't know. We have to give you something. You're, you're less so bad round. now. Yeah, you're, you're less, less bad. It's the yeah. Miss Congeniality Award. God darn it, you're the nicest. <laughs> just we don't want you to to go in cell, so here's a little trophy. Uh, it is time to pick. <laughs> it is time to pick. The best supporting actress. Uh, I cannot believe how good the candidates are for this. And there were a bunch that got left off as well. Uh, But here we go. First nominee from Better Things. It's Hannah Allgood. McKenna, do you remember which one Hannah Allgood is from Better Things? No, (laughs) I can tell you right now. Is it Duke? No, let's. It's Frankie? the middle one, Frankie. 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 So this was definitely Frankie's season, right? Oh yes. Okay, wait. I'm so terrible with uh, actress's name, but this was Frankie's time to shine. We see Frankie just blossoming into a young woman. She's just so much more outspoken with her mom, um, and but then also nice to her. Mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the season it's, where it's, she's nicest to her mom. It's but like more open with herself. I think mm-hmm. we see that and. Um, yeah, this is this is a good season for for Frankie and Hannah and it's Alden. very clear that uh, she's growing up into the coolest person who has ever lived. <laughs> By the end of the season, she's wearing a suit and she has her hair slicked back, and it's like, dang, I want to grow up to be this fifteen year old. <laughs> and isn't isn't the mom sort of doing that? Like, I'm gonna take a lot of shit right now in order to make the best oh yeah adult mm-hmm. in the future. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, up next from Harley Quinn, it's Lake Bell. Cassie Lake Bell plays Poison Ivy. Oh my gosh. She was like, it's insane to have this much talent in voice acting. Like these were the ones that were hard to judge yeah. for me because it's voice acting, <laughs> but they freaking kill it. Like this is the best version of just like girl friendship. And like for them to portray like so much without having like them like acting or bringing what they want to it and relying on animation she does so good at like making this character real and just supportive i love how she whatever everything she brought to this 
the amount of insecurity she jacks into this cool character yeah. is, is weirdly real. <laughs> Who can control plants? It, it, it's crazy <laughs> that she could do that like with a lilt of her voice. And the other thing, too, is that I believe that she does sort of love Kite Man, but sort of doesn't the entire yeah. time. <laughs> That's crazy. The and am- as a Kite Man, that means a lot to you, doesn't it? <laughs> right, yeah. The amount of regret you hear in her voice every time she like wants to talk about Kite Man, but like is into <laughs> it, is so good. <laughs> Next up from The Good Place, Ryan, it's Darcy Carden. Do you remember who this is on The Good Place? I do remember who this is. Uh, yeah, Greg, I've watched some TV this year. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I, I can't, like, this is such a throwaway role, right? Like, with Kristen yeah. Bell and uh, Ted Danson on the show. And then also you have uh, the supporting actors that we'll probably get to at some point. You could have just stood there and been a robot. Much like the best robot performance of all time, Vicky from Small Wonder. Uh, but she she became a star. She took over this show and became the most important, most famous thing about it. Darcy Carden, like I don't know if it was in this season or the last season, but when she had to do impressions of all of the cast yes. of, the, of the Good Place, like she is. Uh, I've known for a long time, like because of podcasts I listened to, that she was sort of a comedic genius. But I'm so glad that NBC sh- like shined that out to the world. You know. Darcy Carden, yeah, probably the the best part of one of the best shows ever. All right, from Shit's Creek, it is Emily Hampshire. Caitlin, do you know who from Shit's Creek? Yes, I'm Emily on Hampshire, her name, is. but she's the one who uh, is a manager at the hotel. Stevie, yes. oh, very is, good. What's her name? Stevie. Stevie, yes. Um, yes. She um, season the last season. I feel like. I think books have brought it up beforehand. I don't know if they do the best for her character, but she does really great at portraying, you know, someone who's searching for their, um, their path in this world, but then also like Uh learning what she wants to do and then supporting all of her friends. So I I really like, I think she does a great job at being an actress. (laughs) Stevie, She act. She act real good. <laughs> she sure did act. Stevie and uh, Daniel have like the the nicest, one of the nicest friend relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. While still being like... dickheads to each other like real friends mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. for sure. That's I what feel she's like, uh, very good at being a dickhead. And that's where, where uh, she shines and they knew it. it <laughs> she, she's yeah. going to be the lead of the reboot of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. And <laughs> I'm really excited because I think she's great. And I, I think she could totally own a show. There is a whole group of people, myself definitely a part of them, where like uh, just more interested in people that are kind of mean, and Stevie's mm-hmm. kind of mean, and it like it's honestly it's not a defect; it's actually something that like recommends her. The only thing that's <laughs> weird about uh, Stevie and Dan Levy's relationship on the show is that they did not start a podcast. Like, is- <laughs> <laughs> man, I would listen to it from the aforementioned Ted Lasso, Mike. It's Juno Temple. Uh, so Juno Temple is she first is dating the dickhead guy and then is yeah. dating the older dickhead guy, and she's one of those names that you, I've just heard forever. And this is the first thing I like really paid attention. And she she's a heavy hitter man in comedy. She's super funny. She doesn't play a flat character where I think this character I think the writers are great in this. In like a '90s version of this, she is a sketch one note thing, For and sure. she yeah. really injects humanity into it. And again, talk about people who like she knows she's funny, and she knows she can fuck with everybody around her because she she's not a complete asshole, but she knows how she looks and she knows and how to use the power that gives her in this world. Just a bit of an <laughs> asshole, isn't it? 
Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. This was like a name that I knew. And I think if you showed me like her headshot, I could have said, oh, yeah, that's Juno Temple. But I did not know she had the comedic chops. And the the when you think of like the heart of this show, you think of Jason Sudeikis, but mm-hmm. it's in every character. And she is definitely one of them. They they form like a little cohort, her yeah. and the boss and Jason Sudeikis and the boss's assistant. And it's like you want to be a part of that friend group so bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. But here's the <laughs> thing about uh, other friend groups that I've had. They'll actually let you in. Like they'll actually be friends with you. Yeah, for her. Speaking she, of, oh, oh, go for it. Uh, well, Cassie, you can talk about her, but also talk about from Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham, another member of that group. This is the boss, right? Rebecca. Right? Rebecca. This, yeah. like, I was blown away with her her acting abilities to go from being a stone cold bitch who strikes the fear as soon as she walks into a room like i was on a screen in a different country from her and i was like i would do anything this woman says like she's in these power hills like you you are the boss but then like we get her full breakdown you get so many breakdowns from her you she can act her ass off and she gave she has like the range in this episode or this show to do like everything she needed to do it was insane to watch her do you know what it is do you know why she should win I want, based on just her face, I want one of those biscuits so bad. <laughs> oh, God. I want those cookies so bad. And that she, she for a while, hates the person giving them to her, but she can't stop uh, yeah. from, like, yeah. eating them like Gollum needs <laughs> his ring. How about the fact that she sings like a freaking Oh, yeah. Angel. Oh, yeah. Better than oh, Elsa. That, that episode is great when her friend is like, oh, you like this? Then you'd actually love Rebecca. This isn't Rebecca. And like that injects so much more humanity throughout her whole run. Ask my uh, neighbors when I'm showering. Is that song from Frozen a hard song to sing? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Greg, can I predict real quick? Yeah, I was going to ask you to, actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, um, hey, hey, Ryan, make a prediction here, man. I think Lake Bell. It. It's got to be Lake Bell. She's the broiest of the bros, right? Yeah, Blake Bell, we know from like way back. Uh, this is like, it feels like the name of like an old friend or something. Lake Bell, like, never has quite achieved what it seems like her talent and, and uh, you know, her beauty would, would bring to her. So hopefully she will win this award. All right. I'm now tearing open the envelope. Tear. And I'm taking out the. Michael Winslow uh, over here. The smaller <laughs> envelope. This oh, one's two. already open, though. Wow. The winner. From the good place, it's Darcy Carden. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's very good. <laughs> yeah, uh, this feels definitely very earned, right? It's the last chance for her yeah. to get it because the show has has ceased to exist. Uh, it's gone. And she'll never the work again. So, <laughs> <laughs> too many we have anything to do with it. She is still on Barry, so hopefully she can do it on Barry. But it was last time for the character, I guess. The not a girl, girl robot. When we come back, we are going to get to our next matchup. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, You could pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter 
While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp, he's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, you can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. Up next, it is number four, How To with John Wilson versus number 12, Harley Quinn. Interesting matchup here because we have one show, How To, which celebrates and explores the depths of cringe. Versus number 12, Harley Quinn, a show about letting your freak flag fly and also planting it in the chest of your enemies. How To with John Wilson follows John Wilson as he attempts to navigate strange, dark pathways of both New York and the human soul. Harley Quinn explores claiming your own voice and your own identity in a world that claims to support that and yet makes it very difficult to do. So, Cassie, I ask you this. Which of these two shows did you connect with more emotionally? And is it weird that the ve- that this is the focus of that question? <laughs> <laughs> a little weird, but honestly, like, surprising in how much it kind of makes me, like, this is probably what I'll judge on. Because, like, How To with John Wilson, like, I did not think I would connect to it just because of that cringe factor. Like, yes. it is very much so, like, it's hard to watch, but then it's endearing in how hard it is to watch. But you uh-huh. got to power through a lot of awkwardness. Did you find it hard to watch that guy stretch his foreskin? Yes. 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 <laughs> I was like, But not hard to listen to that song. <laughs> Super catchy. <laughs> like, as soon as they brought that up, I was like, surely they won't show this thing, right? No, surely like, they come, won't. Come into so my bathroom. <laughs> so many angles they showed us. And, and then it's called TLC Tuggers, which is kind of funny because uh, <laughs> I think you should leave had that show, that, that yeah. those shirt called TC Tuggers. Tuggers. And it's basically uh, a similar but different product. Uh, did anybody else find it hard to literally actually keep your eyes on the screen for the entire how-to Yes. Show. But yeah. that's what, what part of what, what's cringy about it is like because like cringe comedy's been around for so long, but because of the way John Wilson is, like how his brain is broken, uh, we're seeing everything from his point of view. So you are fully in the awkward hot seat. Uh-huh. And that makes it really hard to just it, it's like those nightmares you'd have. <laughs> I the, feel like the reason what that it- I didn't though is that because Socrates or somebody said, I don't know, asked Ted Lasso, be curious, not judgmental. <laughs> And I feel like that so much comedy has been about being awkward and then also being judgmental. And I feel like that John Wilson killed at just being curious, period. And that was it. And so he filmed all of the city all of the time, and he just asked questions, and he never judged, and we never judged. And I think like we we have gone from like Will Ferrell to Michael Scott to uh, Nathan Fielder to this perfect version and that's John Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I, I I could not believe the footage that he got. And I could not believe how he was able to like what? put episodes he, together. He did judge his friends for writing off his birthday dinner. But that's what such a cool tool is. Because there's no judgment. So when it comes out, it hits way harder than it would have if it was always there. <laughs> well, and I think to that point, that's what made the cringe watchable is there's an earnestness there. So mm. much before cringe was cringe and it felt forced cringe. And this just seems genuine. And that's how I, because I hate cringe. I am so bad with it. But I found myself really enjoying this show because of the earnest quality of lack of judgment to just the approaching with questions. 
Right. It shows us, I think, that on the other side of cringe, it, on the other side of like kind of a thin veil of awkwardness, because it's really just moments of awkwardness, lies deep human connection and that we're mm-hmm. denying ourselves the deep human connection for this very thin gauze of awkwardness. And this show punctures that relatively easily and you find value in like everyone, almost everyone he comes in contact with. I mean, in the first episode, we get this guy who... He's a guy. He's he's the guy that you meet in Miami. Like he literally <laughs> finds a new type of guy yeah. live on camera. And this is this is this is a person that I have watched Greg or Mike talk to on <laughs> on trips and just look at me and say, "Please help me." And to that I say, "No." And no. then I just watch. <laughs> I'm not getting stuck in that quicksand. I look down and say, "No." <laughs> and I just I watched the conversation happen and uh John Wilson is really great at saying, "You know what, dude, your overlying douchebag uh pales in comparison to your underlying genuineness, you know?" And that's yeah. what he brought throughout the entire show. Whereas Harley Quinn was funny. This might be the funniest show out of all of our eight yeah. shows, right? And we- yeah, and it it's it's got something that John Wilson develops. It almost comes in with, which is we know these characters and so we're excited to see them already. And then we find out that they're different versions of themselves. Like uh, Poison Ivy is not the, the cracked, weird child person from the comics. Even Instead, Clayface. Even the, yeah. Yeah, the Tony <laughs> Hale big person. Yeah. <laughs> Always like making new characters and really trying to figure yes. out who they are. <laughs> Well, and that, that's what I think is genius about this show because, like, it's obviously it's Harley's arc is what do you do without the joke or this thing that uh, defined you? But they all have that you are human and you are broken in this different way. And for like, most of them, Batman is a small part of it or a big part of it. Like, what do we do without Batman? Fuck, right. man, we really relied on Batman being there because <laughs> then I wouldn't have to think about why I am the way I am. Like, and they all are human and and fragile and vulnerable, and it is a super funny show, but that it takes that time. And that King Shark is like the most gentle of them. Oh my God, Ron, dude. Okay, if you have a show, here's what you do: you call up Ron Funches and you you get him on your. You show. just say has, please. It's just yeah. gonna make it better. He has the most beautiful soul slash voice of all time. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. He's so good, and he kills it as what well, turned out to be like Lord Sharkington of the ocean. <laughs> also, <laughs> when you're an actor or a voice actor whose voice gets crazy, when you like, ah, I talk like this. It drives uh-huh. me insane, except for Ron Funches, where I actually find it like appeasing. Like I actually oh my God. like to There's listen to There's a huge difference happen. between Ron Funches' unique voice and Bobcat Goldblum. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bobcat, <laughs> which is what you <laughs> Bobcat catching strays live on the show. Doesn't it all feel like um, I love Harley Quinn? It's a great show, but when I look over the other shows, is this the one that's maybe a little bit outclassed by some of the others? I, I wonder if it, because it still has that, like, we're a cartoon and we're crass. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And that hasn't been wild in 20-something it, years. And then it, a feels like there should be, it feels like there should be a motherfucker counter for every episode. Because usually <laughs> you're watching for, like, three seconds before Harley Quinn's like, motherfucker, motherfuckers! Like, I, I, come on, there's more than that. I think the thing that propels it is almost supporting actress winner Lake Bell. The, the fact that, uh, like, her and Harley's relationship and the fact that they hooked up and and might be in love, and might be season three is that relationship, but it, it's the two of them together, like holding hands and going through everything that mm-hmm. keeps it grounded and super like deep, you know, like while they're defeating giant DC villains, like we can defeat Darkseid together, is a thing that feels as organic as an episode of Freaks and Geeks, and that's kind of impressive. 
I do like, I feel like the characters that have chemistry and keep sleeping with each other, even though they're not ending up in a relationship with each other, I feel like that's something you see in real life a lot, but you don't see much in cartoons. Fiction. Yeah, in cartoons, yeah. You, yeah. Don't see it. you don't see it enough in cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very real relationship type, which is we yeah. just keep having sex even though we... What's know- up, mid-20s? Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> it feels like for a show about people discovering themselves and, and who they're really supposed to be, it feels very appropriate that you have this sort of like um, nebulous relationship. But yeah. I do have to deliver the unfortunate news that we're going to have to vote one of these on and really it's anyone's guess as to how it's going to go mike let's start with you what's it going to be number four how to with john wilson or number 12 harley quinn i think this is my least favorite matchup because i have a character from one of these shows literally tattooed on my body john wilson (laughs) yeah there you go um so I have Harley on my body, uh, favorite character, and I think the show's so funny, and it's crazy that Justin Halper and the guy who made Shit My Dad Says actually became a solid showrunner. <laughs> uh, and then John Wilson, it, it it's crazy to see how I view the world on TV, <laughs> and he it's it's amazing. It, it's it's golden. I think it would teach people to be more compassionate and kinder, but also. Well, while it doesn't hide from it, it's funny. Like John knows how funny all of this is. Uh, I, I think this show is fucking magical. Uh, how to with John Wilson? All right, how to with John Wilson? What's it going to be for you, books? Uh, I I do I really Harley Quinn was one of the surprise shows for me because I hadn't really heard much about it. However, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to hate How to with John Wilson because of the cringe factor, and I think it is just so brilliant at capturing what most of us don't want to see, and then forcing us to see it in the world around us, and then appreciate it. And that's a, a deeper level of comedy, um, aside from just making us laugh and making us appreciate um, humor. And so I think How To With John Wilson is going to How To With John Wilson, featuring hours of dogs shitting on the streets of <laughs> New York. Those camera cuts are so perfect yeah. with this voiceover, just the cars <laughs> going by. It's just so beautiful. Cassie, what's it going to be? How To or Harley Quinn? Yeah, I'm a simple person. And How To With John Wilson was very, like, it was touching in a way I didn't expect, but I'm just simple. I just need a good laugh, like a laugh per minute, and uh, for them to throw in a motherfucker. So it's going to be Harley Quinn for me. <laughs> All right, Harley Quinn. Caitlin? Um, how to with John Wilson was surprisingly really funny, but also really dark at times, too. Like the dead bodies kind of falling off, like the gurney in the first episode, and then uh-huh. them picking up you know, pieces of something that was Manchester by the sea vibes. Very good. Yeah. There was like some really dark elements to it, which surprised me when I was laughing in one moment and then like, Oh shit. Like this is all real in another. Um, and I'm with Cassie when it comes to laughs and funs and Harley Quinn really fucking got me. I went back and watched, we went and watched the first whole season, whole first season just to make sure that we knew everything that was going on because it's such a great show. So I'm going to go with Harley Quinn. I have only seen the second season and I, I didn't want to watch the first season because I was afraid I'm so oh, old. I was afraid I'd get confused. I'm so going good. back to watch the first season yeah. for sure. It's super well, Ryan, funny. it is tied coming to you. You are Big Daddy Decides a lot. Do you have a decision <laughs> for us? I uh, have never been to New York. I fucking hate New York. I hate people from New York. I hate people that say you should go to New York. Uh, a lot of times people will be like, oh, you should go to New York. Have you ever seen Taxi Driver? <laughs> yes, I have. That's part of why i'm not gonna do it but tell you to- you should go die <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how to maybe want to go there and just like be a part of just all of the different types of people from like uh 
old women who love risotto to uh-huh. old men who just hang weights off their wiener and <laughs> call it a day. I think that How To is one of the best shows that maybe we've ever talked about. Yeah, and you could you replace the word show or could you strike the word show, Ryan? Is this one of the best pieces of art we've yeah, ever encountered, I mean, do you think? Best album, best movie, best anything. Like, <laughs> I, I I do think that How To with John Wilson is this perfect, uh, like, it's because of Nathan Fielder, but it's also against Nathan Fielder. I think that it like it really needs to be seen. Yeah, I, you 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 told me to push through the cringe, and I'm so glad that you did because I had to push through so much of it. But you can always feel that it's going to be worth it, and uh, it is. So it's moving on. Congratulations, how to with John Wilson. When we come back, an even more awarding conversation. Stick around. I think you're gonna like what I did there. <laughs> well, that is very, very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter. Email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies uh now earlier i said this is going to be an awarding conversation and let me tell you why listeners is because we're going to be giving out another one of our awards oh. that's just a little little bit of fun wow. i thought we'd Woo, just a little something great. to enjoy break up the monotony well, um i don't get it it's a bond mod. don't don't <laughs> don't worry it's whew, right over the head uh with that one you know, in these shows, we don't just have women supporting. Finally. Wow. The gentlemen are also supporting with their acting as well. And I want to talk about the best of the supporting actors. So we just brought this gentleman up very close to all of our hearts. From Harley Quinn, it's Ron Funches. Cassie, talk about our friend Ron. I mean... What more can we say besides he's the most delightful human that has ever graced this earth? And, like, do put him in everything. His laugh, like, can save... It, like, save my soul, honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how he manages to make... um, With his voice, you would think characters would seem fake. But he brings, like, a... Like, I want to say humbleness. I don't know if humbleness is the rightness or realness, really, to the character. Down-to-earth quality. Yeah, that really like brings the characters to life while having this voice where you're just like the character is in his voice, but then also in the humanity like that he brings to that. Does anybody and I hesitate to ask this question? Have a good Ron Funches. No, <laughs> no, nobody does. No. Mike, come on, I can see you working on it. <laughs> you can see me trying to. Oh, hey, I like the video games. Nope, I don't have one. Oof. <laughs> that kind of sounded come back. That kind of sounded like the weird old pervert from Family Guy. Yeah, which is Not to say, just sounded like you, Mike. Oh. <laughs> oh. Up next is from what we do in the shadows, Harvey Guillen, Guillermo, to you and me, vampire hunter extraordinaire, Mike. Talk about Guillermo. I was almost shocked that he was on supporting actor because this is Guillermo's season. And he this, really did own the whole thing, right? Yeah, it was it, it owned it. opens he and closes on him. Arced and he really grounds the whole show. Uh, 
and you can realize like both seasons are about him and the real whole shit like the what he puts up with and his simmering rage and uh-huh. then him trying to hide everything that's going on uh this kid's going places man he's so funny with he's captured the office style like look at the camera but without <laughs> being like i don't think people are gonna make fun of him like they make fun of krasinski in five years no he's so much more subtle with everything he does mm-hmm. with his face like he's really aware of everything that like an HD camera picks up yes. in terms of like your reactions. And he reacts so much more subtly than, than a lot of other comic comedic actors. Yeah. Most people like will, will mug right. And freeze yeah. it like that. And him, it's in a little eye glance. Like it's yeah. so quick. <laughs> well, what we, what we get to learn through those eye glances is maybe I should not be a vampire. Like maybe yeah. this yeah. is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> totally. These are the biggest idiots of all time. And they're so mean. Yeah. He's like, maybe it's not the life for me. From the good place, William Jackson Harper, Caitlin, talk about our beautiful, buff, neurotic friend. <laughs> yes, our friend Chidi over here. Um, yes, I. Uh, this being the last season of The Good Place, I think they did a really good job at wrapping up all of the characters. And William Jackson Harper came in and gave Chidi the most beautiful ending. And having to decide when to leave like be done is so hard to capture and i think the, he did such a before good job before 20 at, before 2020 yeah, before, it was hard to imagine yeah. yeah now if that if we had that portal we would all just like push each other out of the way trying to walk through it <laughs> but is it, it, you ever is it so crazy that with all of these actor awards and all these shows we're talking about the moments that made us cry the most and when he walked through <laughs> it my god yeah my god <sighs> yeah you did a great job and uh, it was fun this season because we got to see like um, confident Chidi, which mm-hmm. then is just that's his obviously that's his like fatal flaw or whatever. And so without that, he's just the perfect person. And mm-hmm. it's fun to fun to get a look at that guy. And built like me, yeah, just built like, like Ryan. Yeah. I've always looked at Ryan and been like, I could wash my towels on that torso. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like Buff Chidi. I remember the first time Chidi ever took off his shirt for any reason, and I was like, to the show, Ryan? I was like, Ex- explain. Yeah. Explain why this is. <laughs> why does this character look like this? What's going on? The t- he should be doing sit-ups, like, nonstop. All right. Also, perhaps, doing sit-ups nonstop. Also, from what we do in the shadows, Mark... How do you say it? Is Ryan Proshk? Yeah. Proshk. Probably. Proshk. Uh, the energy vampire from what we do in the shadows. Is this me? Uh, no, sorry. This is for books. Uh, okay, Colin is the one vampire I think I would want to be an energy Colin vampire. Robinson. He and I want to be. Yeah, that works oh! out nicely for you. Set yourself up. He plays this energy vampire so well, and you would think that this role would call for like one no acting because your goal is to just suck the life out of people. Uh-huh. But he doesn't. He carries so many tones and nuances through everything he delivers. Um, and the episode, the promotion, was just a great yes. view of. Uh, just how much he can do with this role um so he gets like extra power from from being promoted Mm -hmm. and he can drain more people and he gets like a full head of blonde slick back (laughs) so good and yet another reason why uh mckenna and greg are the same person is because (laughs) when me and mike or cassie and caitlin are going buck wild we can always count on mckenna or greg to walk in the room and be like nope and that's (laughs) that's this guy 
you know, actually those phones contain many A chemicals that are awful for the environment. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, up next from Harley Quinn, pop filter Hall of Famer, Alan. I have more than one two dick. <laughs> Ryan, talk to us about Harley Quinn's Alan two dick. Well, Greg, it's hard. I mean, he's a pop filter Hall of Famer, and he is taking on the role of Joker, which apparently is like a actorly thing to do. Like, you're not an actor <laughs> until you portrayed the Joker. But I want to talk about Clayface. I want to talk about, again, how Clayface immediately said, oh, I'll be the young sorority girl, and <laughs> ran in there and did it. Clayface is the uh, the secret weapon of this show. Does uh-huh. not get enough credit. I know Ron Funches is awesome, but uh, having Clayface do all the things he does and just being 90% terrible, but 10% uh-huh. heartwarming at all of them, um, I think that Clayface is the star of the show. And his, his, jo- his Joker's good. Yeah. But Clayface's commitment to making three-dimensional, not characters, but uh-huh. like personas, like people, <laughs> right. and no matter what they're doing... Because he's an all- actor. No matter what they're doing, all he's talking about is his character <laughs> in the moment. It's never like what's going on in the plan. It's always like, well, Barbara would want to be focused on herself right now. <laughs> well, I can't believe we have to actually pick a winner from that group because honestly, these are born winners who became champions, but only one can leave with an award. And that Come on, one. Alan is open up this envelope just like that okay harvey guillen from what we do in the shadows nice i'm very excited this seems like the right choice i'm glad that we could be counted on to do this you're all winners in my book but only harvey guillen will get the award when we come back another matchup we are back with our next matchup and it is number two what we do in the shadows versus number 10 the good place do you also greg do you also number two in the shadows i don't want to do it right in daylight like i'm some sort of new york city dog or person i'm a person i won't be reduced to a new york city dog i would at least be like a dog on a big farm you know running around with a lot to hump (laughs) <laughs> All right. This next matchup sees a battle between number two seeded What We Do in the Shadows, a show that is just hitting its stride, versus The Good Place, a comedy that is saying goodbye. What We Do in the Shadows continues to follow the adventures of vampires trying to make it in the modern world, the most horrific fate of all. The Good Place attempts to do in its final season the impossible, which is somehow make us reconciled with the impermanence of those things we hold most dear. It's not enough for the viewer to see these characters say goodbye to each other. We see them say goodbye to existence itself. Spoiler alert. Light light spoilers preceded this for The Good Place. (laughs) One group walking the earth for eternity, the other gratefully choosing non-existence. Books. In the year of our Lord 2020, which makes more sense to you? 
<laughs> oh, definitely leaving eternity. Absolutely. <laughs> it is the good place. Uh, if there's anything, uh, th- th- there was like that option of just to peacefully walk through and, and <laughs> journey. Um, <laughs> feels right on par. But I wonder if that lessens the comedic effect of this season of The Good Place. Is that ending, does it take away the comedy <laughs> and just resonate a little too much? I don't know. I don't know where to land with that. I think that it lessens the comedic effect and the uh, interpersonal effect. You know, Mm -hmm. like we don't get to see them hang out enough and we don't get the jokes because they have so much to do to explain the ending of the show. plot heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of ruins any show where they're like, this will be our last season. Go! And then they just race through (laughs) all of it. Versus the Uh, funniest uh, season of what we do in the shadows. A show that like, sorry, Mike, a show that did not, was not hilarious in the first season. But. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Uh, to be honest, I've always thought of the movie as a as a missed opportunity. The movie never, to me, quite developed into the comedic powerhouse that I thought it was going to. Right. And then the first season of this show, it near the end, it, fe- it felt like it started to finally find its legs. In this second season, this is the promise My of goodness. this premise delivered by like comedic actors at the top of their game mm-hmm. fully in connection to their characters we, we so into their characters we meet their characters chris Gaines when we get matt Berry's <laughs> jackie daytona and you know he's not the same because he has a toothpick, toothpick. In his mouth. <laughs> and no one can even recognize him if he's got that toothpick in there also the good place has one moody or booty best of the year tv comedy like yeah. it has it has that award I don't think the final year is its year. Yeah, that's it, it, where it's hard. Cassie. Yeah, this matchup is because like it's unfair. It's not unfair. It's just how it happened. Like its last season wasn't its best season. It's a mm-hmm. great show, but in terms of comedy, like it wasn't their best season and now it's going against a show that had the best season of maybe anything. Like so so good. I mean, everybody brings up Jackie Daytona, and rightfully so, but can yeah. we remember when they had to take the old-ass vampire out on the town and killed him? Like, made him, <laughs> made him puke himself to death because His of out on the town puke flying. Like, we all thought we were done and over with puke jokes, and they, they made him fly to another level. Mike and Greg, you have taken me to New Orleans and Miami. Did this... Yeah, this feel familiar? When you get dehydrated, this is basically what you look like. <laughs> and the I'm skin tone, dehydrated. The skin tone is is definitely the same, I have to say. The fun thing about this is they have great uh, actors on this show, uh, what we do in the shadows, but they also thought of so many really cool premises. The idea where all of their ghosts come back <laughs> yeah. and then they're hanging out with their ghosts and now just the the ghost of the of the woman Nadja. vampire Nadja. yeah Nadja just the doll like lives in the doll, doll version of her <laughs> so like and- i found myself almost like i'm i have i have been a fan of gothic fiction i have been a fan of like vampire lore mm-hmm. i have to say one of the levels i enjoy this show on is just the the vampire hijinks yeah like i really do like that element of it and if we were to have 2020 TV horror, then, uh, of course, Ryan Murphy, like seven Ryan Murphy shows or whatever. And then What We Do in the Shadows. And I think What We Do in the Shadows could win that as well. It's yeah, totally horrifying. The, the, the Topher episode of season two, right? <laughs> Where Haley Joel Osment as zombie yes. Topher. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
And there's several times where like the vampire, like some group of vampires will just like kill everybody around them. Uh-huh. And there's like fleeing that, like Guillermo fleeing like a, a whole group of vampires. Those scenes are legit scary for oh. big horror babies like me. When he when he gets in with the vampire, that's your rat group, name. And they're going into like the different mansions, and then all of his team is getting picked off like one by one. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> or do you remember when the guy who lo- who was in love with Natasha? Uh, drove Gregor. his motorcycle around the <laughs> fucking front yard Jesh. and yeah, got his head cut off. Yeah. yeah. I got scared because I'm often on a motorcycle around things that will cut my head off. That's, that's scary to me. I have a feeling that we should talk about The Good Place a little bit. Does anybody else feel like one of the things sort of counting against The Good Place is it came out all the way at the beginning of the year and it's almost hard to even remember? Like, this is pre-pandemic. That good place was coming out. Like, wild. They didn't even. I can't know. even remember anything's pre-pandemic. I remember I there was a train. There was a big portal. They walked through. It was sad. Do you know who what? I want to give big ups to? Is the guy who ran like was at the front desk of all the Netherworlds who was into frogs. <laughs> yeah. Frog oh yeah. yeah. That guy. Very ruled. good. It does. I remember watching it, feeling like it. It, it does hurt it that it, like we had to remind ourselves of what happened in this. But like I remember watching it, feeling like it wasn't as strong. And I think it's because they brought in, like, they had so many new characters with, like, these new, um, like, test subjects that they had to prove could also be good. And, like, it just, it switched up the dynamic, like, right at the end, which made it hard to, like, we just loved, the cast knew each other so well and could work off each other so well. So you bring in four new people, it kind of, it, it hurt it for me. Having Tahani have to deal with that uh, Perez Hilton type guy, <laughs> yeah. and, and then Eleanor dealing with every mediocre white man ever in Brent, like <laughs> it, it was still really. Yeah, you're right. They didn't. We didn't get the core bouncing off each other as much, but but it was still, I think, very funny. And then Jason Sudeikis, like just not Jason Sudeikis, Jason Manzukis, yes. Jason Is, uh, just unleashed, always having a martini and in a tux, <laughs> derricking all around. Like there's still really fucking fun parts of this season. Yeah, Yeah, I find what we notice every year with this is that when a comedy comes back year after year in the bracket, it has to compete against itself, like to such mm -hmm. a high degree that we always have some new thing that we fall in love with. Rami's second season didn't even, we haven't even mentioned Rami's second season tonight. This is the first time someone said it. That shit was nuts. That that (laughs) season was so crazy. But with comedy we sort of like want the plot in the background and the character hang out and the jokes in the foreground and this was the first time that they switched it on this season you know like i there i I wanted so much more of the four or five of them hanging out and we just yeah even i mean honestly even if the story were less neat even if it 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 sewed up even if the message was a little weaker or thinned out or whatever what the people really wanted was, you know, the actors exploring their characters, the ones that we knew and, and loved. Um, and we didn't get I, Chili Pot Chidi. They peaked with Chili Pot Chidi. <laughs> and it's so hard to li- live up to Jeremy Waramy and Chili Pot Chidi. So. <laughs> it that's... also felt like you had to watch the last season with like an encyclopedia of the yeah. show. Yeah. Like, annotated. It had to be yeah. annotated. <laughs> I just restarted the show for that reason. <laughs> I think that's like the downside because most comedies don't know where to end and they have a hard time. And this ended where it should at season four was where it needed to end, but they wanted to create that perfect ending. And I think they focused too much on that and tying it all neatly up for the fans. But then it would get the same criticism if it didn't do that. Right. We'd be like, oh, there were a lot of loose. And so I don't know if it could win either way. I think season four was doomed to be lesser. There's no way to end. Well, I I think if season... 
I think if season four is in this round, you did a great fucking job. Oh, if yeah. your yes. if your comedy and it's season four can get this deep into it, it's it's Hall of Fame style. Uh, yeah, you're an all timer. Yeah. Hey, now you're an all star. <laughs> get your votes ready. Let's vote. Uh, Ryan, let's start. What with we you. do in the shadows? <laughs> it's what we do in the shadows, Caitlin. What we do in the shadows, Cassie. What we do in the shadows, books. What we do in the shadows, Mike. Yeah, a perfect Mark Hamill cameo. That oh my gosh, yes, that would never that? get up to it. when he surprises uh, us and shows up. It's the best, and no other show has done that. Or we'll the do best of the year for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most iconic Mark Hamill appearance. Very good. What we do in the shadows. Moving on. The good place. You meant a lot to us. Time for you to fade away. When we come back, more awards. We are back, and it is time to give out another one of these hot awards. They've been on the stove all night, and they are too hot to touch. It's not even comfortable to be in the same room as them. Holy cow. Some hot awards. It is going to be, let's see, best actor. We're talking about boys. I got boys on the brain. Let's keep it with the gentleman. B-O-B. Yeah, boys on the brain. From what we do in the shadows, Ryan, talk to me about Matt Berry, who I believe is also was on Friends, Matt Berry? Uh, no, that that's Matt Perry. <laughs> oh, okay, Greg. yes. No, no. And Matt Berry I could, is Chandler. <laughs> I couldn't even Chandler beat. Bong. More indignant to what you said, but I don't want to talk about Matt Berry tonight, Greg. I want to talk about Jackie Daytona. <laughs> Jackie Daytona, <laughs> I think, is the breakout performance of this year. For Matt Berry to be like, oh, I'm on a vampire show, cool, to then be a British actor, to be like, I think this is how Americans uh-huh. are. <laughs> <laughs> and do that for 30 minutes. That's why I think he deserves this award. He, His toothpick, his bartending, his, like, Honestly, his like Ted Lasso ness. Yeah, he right? became like, a better person. Jackie Daytona is a much better person. Yeah, for than- sure. <laughs> what, what is his vampire character's name? Not Jackie. Uh, there's something about Laszlo. Being- Laszlo. Laszlo. Yeah. There's something about being Laszlo British and vampire that uh, brings you down. But when you become an American bartender, you're just the best that yeah. humanity he, he has to offer. He helps the, the, the girls' soccer team of the little town. Or yes, like he all does the volleyball and team. Volleyball. The volleyball team. And, and, and he doesn't just help them. He goes to every game and <laughs> yeah. is their biggest fan because he's Jackie goddamn Daytona. And <laughs> Can I... At, does the singing Billy Bass need to be in the award with him? Because like, I feel like they really worked off each other very well. Yeah, they're comedy partners. I, I think Matt, Matt Berry is like, I think the Brits have known him for a while because like Toast of London. Uh, if you're like, I love him in the show, I love Jackie Daytona, don't go into his music expecting it's going to be funny or charming. It is. Sure. A, it's, it's a drag to get into, guys. Don't listen to his albums. That, not taking away from his award and how he should win this, but I'm just saying. I feel like oh, it's listen. kind of taking away. If he doesn't win now, I'm going to feel like it's that last second, like, by the way. It's just a PSA. <laughs> music, uh... Uh, but no, he's going to win. From the great, Caitlin, talk to me about Nicholas Holt, the great himself. Oh, man. My funny boy, my <laughs> my Mr. Qu- Mr. King over here. Um, yeah, I, I was really surprised by his performance. And he was so fucking evil, but also hilarious. Uh-huh. And... His and very just, hot, right? 
oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is he, am I misreading that? Is he not, is he, is Nicholas Holt not very hot? I I think you just need therapy for what you're attracted to, Greg. (laughs) Yes. It's it's always abuse. He's hot. It's just that Greg thinks he's more hot than Caitlin thinks he's hot. (laughs) She's like, yeah, sure, I guess. Well, maybe he's just more my type. I'm, I'm very, I'm very attracted to extremely talented actors. Sue me. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of very talented actors from Shit's Creek, McKenna, talk to me about Dan Levy. I think so. Shit's Creek gets its final season, and so many of the seasons before, it's been his dad Eugene Levy who's kind mm-hmm. of carried the show. But this season was Dan Levy's show to shine, um, and it he was fan fantastic he had so much growth in the other seasons but we really see the payoff in um this season in his character and he reflects that but he's still at his core david and i think his relationships um (laughs) his relationships really come together and solidify and his his acting his performance his timing it's so good in this season um and i think he kind of overshadowed a little bit of the rest of the cast ryan yeah, i, I mean, couldn't help but see you throw your arms up in 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 protest when mckenna said that this has been eugene levy's show so yeah, far i would say that eugene levy has season in and season out being the worst part um that dan levy has carried the show but this is the year that uh dan levy had to have his wedding freakouts, and we've all been there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also come to acceptance about his life of like sit on that car and look at that house and be like, I, I'm I'm still David, but I'm gonna accept this and I'm gonna love uh-huh. this. I uh, I think that this is the best he's ever been. And also, uh, like we're talking about a guy who has not established that much range in his mm-hmm. career. Yeah, hasn't and had that I, much career yet. And <laughs> I think that this year, this season was mm-hmm. the most david that we have gotten so far not to always compare him to his dad but like think of all the different ways eugene levy has played aspects of himself Uh we've only seen basically like david slash dan so far um from what we do in the shadows mike talk to me about it must be kevin novak but looks like kvan novak but i'm guessing it's kevin novak Uh, this is uh nandor Nandor, the story of a girl <laughs> who just wants to give a good a good gift for a man named Steve. Steve, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's season one. But how delighted he is by a little no, I think that's season two. Is it season two? <laughs> how delighted he is by the uh, <laughs> the Steve license plate. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and Nandor really walks that like he's a piece of shit, but with a heart of gold. But his heart of gold comes from how dumb he is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And just how how delighted he is constantly, and how he treats Guillermo like shit. This guy's so he's so funny. If you uh, stopped, I want Nandor in my life. If you stopped the action of any it's episode me, of this show and asked Nandor what is going on right now, he'd have no idea. He never knows what they're doing or what the plan is. And then the, the the heart and because everybody knows like everybody kind of treats him like the idiot he is, but then how heartbreaking it is that he's forgotten his language because he's yes. the oldest of the vampires, <laughs> so he can't bond with his ghost the way the rest are bonding with his ghost. Like hit the, that pain are, is like very quietly in his eyes for that. Man, this is but such then a the cushion. joy that's the joy that comes in his eyes once he sees his ghost horse and he remembers yeah. all of it. Like the range in that one scene just between this ghost that he couldn't even act with. Like it was probably like a green screen thing. He, Obviously. The amount of joy. Nandor is like, if you've ever played D&D, like Nandor is the guy who strawed 
would like go on to be like he was a terrible tyrant an awful killer but now that's like 400 years ago and he doesn't even remember that part of himself anymore (laughs) but yeah watching him scream at someone so much so that they leave the room and then watching him be like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry as they leave the room like that's a very specific kind of person and his dynamic with guillermo of like who is in charge and who has the power and like you know who is moving towards the other and who is repelling the other is just like one of the more interesting parts of the show from ted lasso the man himself jason i'm the real ted lasso sudeikis cassie what do you think does he have what it takes to take it all down I think he does. And I don't know, like, I would say, my initial instinct was to say the character's not that hard to play, because I think he comes from, like, Kansas or somewhere, too. I think he's got a little bit of country in Mm -hmm. him, so, like, you know, you could play that country. But he also has to go from, like, he subtly brings in that the character, you know, has, like, anxiety and is on the verge of breaking. And it's his breakdown, too, that really surprised me. Like, he actually can do more, because I know him from, like... Just the comedies he's been in. He's very strong in comedy, obviously. But to see that he can actually also pull in some emotions, like, surprised me. Oh, my God. Based on the other five people besides Cassie who are on this show, is Cassie the Ted Lasso of our lives? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot live up to that, no. For, I, I think of, I when I think of Ted Lasso, I think of one-time panelist uh, Taylor. Taylor seems like the Ted Lasso of our lives, kind of like a country boy mm-hmm. who uh, loves life and sees the best in in everyone, and always has like an aphorism for the moment. Cassie, yes, are you going to take that insult? <laughs> Greg said you're definitely not no. the great Ted Lasso. <laughs> no, it it, it, make, it brings me a lot of ease to know that that's not on me. It's it's definitely that's Taylor. Ted Lasso. That's what he would say. <laughs> Okay, well, you're the you're the most Ted Lasso of the remaining panelists. The, there we go. The most Ted Lasso person we haven't driven away yet. I think to take uh, his divorce in real life and put it into a character yeah. and and have it play real. And what like, the holy hell? He is the, uh, he's Jason Sudeikis leans smarm on the on the yeah. scale. His face is naturally punchable and smarmy. He's just that kind of <laughs> handsome. And to to be able to turn all of that down. And just be this heartwarming guy, but who is not a doofus. I, think, I do I not see that, that coming. All now right. it reminds me of me, Mike. Now you're talking about me. No, you're a doofus. <laughs> well, it is time for me to open up this red hot envelope. Can they all just open tie? Here. Wait, Greg. Ryan. Can you do that one more time? Can you read them through? Okay, so the nominees are Matt Barry, Nicholas Holt, Dan Levy, Kevin Novak, and Jason Sudeikis. It should be Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. You're saying that you're saying that's who you think should be the winner. Yes. Okay. And the winner actually is Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, congratulations. We know that it it hasn't all been W's, big guy, but you're still top of the table in our hearts. And you got a you scored a goal and you're gonna win the championship. Of, get on the pitch of this get on the pitch and 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 throw it in for soccer. When we come back, another matchup. We are back and our next matchup is number 3 Shit's Creek versus number 6 Better Things. Another show comes to a conclusion in 2020 with number 3 seeded Shit's Creek. But at least this fan favorite had the GD decency to remember that it's a comedy and end with a friggin' wedding. Uh. 
Going up against this, it's number six seed Better Things, a show that we promise you is so very good, and when it chooses to be so very funny, and will potentially be remembered as one of the best comedies that no one has ever heard of. The Better Things family continued to scream and yell at each other and say things that literally make my heart pound in my chest, but now, four seasons in, I am not surprised to see them turn to love and support in every season. Better Things describes a different type of love than that which we see in Shit's Creek, but Ryan, which show features stronger love? And can it ride that love into the next round? I think that Shit's Creek seasons one through five, four, whatever it was, were really, really good and funny. And I would say that the last season of Shit's Creek had two moments, right? The biggest one being Annie Murphy having to tell her husband, Mike Gravano, Ted. Sorry. Ted, I Ted. wish Annie Murphy's husband was Mike Gravano. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that they're better off apart. That was. They're better off Ted. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was hard hitting and heart hitting and heart hurting. But uh, Better Things does that every week, week in, week out. I mean, Better yeah. Things has that uh, Bat Senera where they combined <laughs> a uh, uh, Bat Mitzvah with a Quinceanera. And that is, I, I, I sort of think that's all you need for an entire season of TV. And yet they had more episodes. This is, we have to admit, we have to admit right now that this is the least funny, most good place-esque sweep everything together season of Shit's Creek. Yeah. And then it pales, I, it pales in comparison to better things. I cried at the end of Shit's Creek and I cried at the documentary they made about the end of Shit's Creek. Uh, I love this show. I've dressed up as David on several occasions. <laughs> it's nice to have a big brown man just on screen. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I think one of the funniest moments is him. His he got a hand job the day of his wedding. Not <laughs> oh yeah, he was supposed to get a hand job. Um, all of that, like, it's still very funny. But it, it really is at a certain point they're like, oh, people like when we're sweet, and they just hit the gas on that, and less on the jokes. Uh, and and better things. There's a reason it's the best comedy you've never seen. I don't know why you've never seen it, but it it, it is. Yeah, it. That's that's my supposition is that nobody has. I no, feel you're like right, this show, man. Nobody's watched. We it. only you. It only exists in the time right before we record this show, and then while we record it, and then I don't think about it the rest of the year. Nobody ever talks about it, and that is all in spite of the fact that it is like one of the best written, one of the best acted, one of the best shot, most shows profound, on and is yeah yeah and and very timely and has taught me like so much about what love can be that family like those those uh you know four women love each other in a way that is so different than any love i've experienced but seems so profound and so deep and so strong and they use the bad c word and it's hurtful because it's so profound and it's so profound because it's so hurtful yeah i like i've never seen a show like this and every year, for the last five years of my life, I have tried to get this to be the number one comedy of the year. <laughs> it has not worked so far, but I'm so gonna people just don't tonight. like Ryan. That's the key. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. It is a this year. I it's oh, a go, show go. that makes me feel so much, and it hurt, and I laugh too throughout it. But I wonder why, because I have the same situation, Greg. I don't know why I don't think about it beyond this podcast after I'm done watching it. I forget all about it. I don't wait to see what season announcements are coming or what news is 
And I don't know if it's just me as a flawed human being that doesn't like things that make me feel too much. Yeah. Or... <laughs> I, I, I wonder if it's that it doesn't, be, because what, what Pamela Adlon's doing it is making like this series of short films, uh, like a few uh, creepy comedians also try to do to, and now we don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, and not as well. I don't know who you're talking uh, about. There's a few of them, unfortunately. Uh, Masters of Louie. And... <laughs> But so there's not like this episode ends like and there's question mark amount of time jumps between each episode. So it is just all these vignettes and stories of this family life. So it doesn't have that like hook that pulls you through a season of TV. Literally every episode that ends, it could be the first episode. The The way they the ending of these episodes feels so conclusive mm-hmm. at the end of every single episode. I'm like, is that the season? Finale? Yeah, it- because that's how strongly like the episodes come to a real legitimate conclusion. And as much as I love that episode, I hope that it is so as to not watch more. <laughs> like, I don't want I, to. I, I, I think there's that there's a reason people even be pre panty. Uh, just rewatch The Office over and over again, and, and Shit's Creek is the new Office. Like it's the there's not a lot of heartwarm in Better Things, or at least you have to walk through a lot more shit and those complicated feelings. And most people go to sitcoms for not complexity. Well, this is a comedy bracket, so we go for those good feel good moments that Shit Creek does offer. And I feel like even though I would say the last season it is like tying it all up, I feel like it does a great job at with the wedding, all of the craziness that that um dan levy's character has to go through and the hand job the the being a um a bridezilla just at the end and then calming down it's i don't know i really love this episode this last season of schitt's creek but better even things though- it just hits too hard for me to be in the comedy bracket it's more of a drama that- i think Okay, so I get that. I could say I I could, I could hear the argument that it's thirty minutes, but it's a drama, and that maybe we should have moved it into the other bracket. But the the the, the things that we're always going to take away from Shit's Creek is that Annie and Ted breakup. It's going to be the things that Better Things gives us week in week out, and Shit's Creek sort of maybe kind of remembers to do when it's not being funny because this is the least funny season of the entire show. Yeah, you know, it, it's there is something like freeing about knowing that a show is coming to a conclusion, but there's also something stultifying yeah. about it. I don't. This love show it. felt very much imprisoned by the fact that it was coming to an end, and it felt like it had to put such a model and cast on mm-hmm. everything. Um, and I, I think that that's part of why that weirdness with the David getting a hand job the night before his wedding, just to like break up a little bit of just ha- having it be that everybody cries because it's the okay, last day, but. On set. Did you get a little bit Alexis? Did you uh, not laugh yes. with a little bit Alexis? <laughs> I'm dying. I'm a little bit single. <laughs> even when, even I'm, when not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we are, we celebrate uh, a little bit Alexis here. For I have sure. that. It's on Spotify, guys. You can listen to it like every day, all day. It's like, it's such a good song. That. You know what? I would say it's my favorite song. It's better than the Paris Hilton single. I don't know why that wasn't on our um, the music, the album of the year. I know it was a single, it's good, but it's a good point. You fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that scares me about better things is that actually this season, I think in a lot of ways, was the least arduous emotionally, and I kind of feel like that's like setting us up or something mm-hmm. because. The, the the girls start kind of going easier 
on uh, on Pamela Adlon's character, Sam. And there is kind of that rapprochement between Sam and her ex-husband. I don't know. That almost scares me. Like, that's too much good stuff. So next season (laughs) might be booted out of the bracket because it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you you look at these young women and um, you see how many, like, pitfalls there are potentially for them. You know, this, this season we see Duke get into ballet and she obviously becomes kind of fixated on her eating um and you know uh we see frankie like trying to establish an identity um and so you just see like all of all these things that could potentially happen to them that would harm them being a young woman in this fucked up world frankie it's a non-binary identity which means i don't have i don't have two options i have a million options and then the mom just saying like all right no matter what i'm here with you Let's go through this together. And then being told, no, you will not go through this with me. And then the mom saying, but I'm here for you and I'm going to go through it with you. It's, it's, it's not super funny. I know, I know the point of tonight <laughs> is to be comedy, but I think it is uh, an incredible show. Well, it is time to vote one of these two on. So let's start with you, Books. Which should it be? The number three seed, Schitt's Creek, or number six, Better Things? This is really tough, but I, I do have to agree for like the comedy aspect. I do think Schitt's Creek, although it's the weakest Shit. season, we got a Schitt's Creek. <laughs> um, it gets my vote. All right. So that's one for Schitt's Creek and one very loud protest. <laughs> Mike. What's it going to be? Number three, Shit's Creek, or number six, Better Things? Uh, Shit's Creek is one of my favorite shows. Better Things is a better show. Better Things. Is it a comedy, right. though? Yeah. <laughs> one and one. Caitlin, you tell me. What is it? Oh, Shit's Creek or wait, Better I'm gonna Things? I'm going to go with the one that made me laugh a lot more, so it's going to go Shit's Creek. All right. Two to one, Shit's Creek. Cassie, what do you say? I'm in timeout from this one. I would vote uh, Shit's Creek, but oh. I'm in timeout. <laughs> yeah. You're like me in high school, abstaining. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ryan, what's it going to be for you? Shit's Creek or Better Things? It was one of the worst seasons. No, the worst season of Shit's Creek versus oh, uh, an incredible season of Better <laughs> Things. It's Better Things. Oh, no. That means Sorry, it's time. Which means it comes to me, the tiebreaker. I never want to have to make any decisions, and yet here I am. I have to say I love Shit's Creek, obviously. Uh, I, I don't have anything against it this its season was probably one of the best seasons of any comedy ever but it was not up to the standards of Shit's creek and one of these times we have to recognize the greatness of better things <laughs> i declare that time is right now better things <laughs> moves on to the next round when we come back we are going to get into the next round of matchups <laughs> In our next round, our next matchup is the number one overall seed, Ted Lasso, versus the number four seed, How To, with John Wilson. A titanic matchup of the good guys. Books, what do you think? Can you make heads or tails? This is good guy versus good guy. Do you agree? This oh, so is they good go guy. to books, of course. <laughs> <laughs> books is the good person we know. Uh, yeah, this one. is <laughs> the only one. Um, this is good guy versus good guy. And I think it's a question of like, do we want to see crafted and perfectly written good guy versus good guy who has to interact with the real world around us? Um, 
and that that's a deeper question I, do you think that oh i don't even know where i was going with that train let of me ask you this <laughs> did ted lasso because i sort of think is uh i think how to with john wilson is sort of perfect did ted lasso betray you in any way no <laughs> it was beautiful. It was absolutely flawless. Every moment, every aspect, every character built towards such a great show. Uh, I and only I think, think that one really kind of silly quibble I have with it, which is that as somebody who American follows, football, just because it's like, imagine there was a show about the NFL and it was like, well, you know, you're on the Cincinnati Bengals. So we like, this is kind of a smaller club. And so he was like, the guy that should help me coach is the guy who washes the towels for the Cincinnati Bengals. That doesn't seem... That I, think, I get what you're saying, but I think that's a silly quibble because like, then there's been no good war movie because nobody actually shows how war is. Like... Right, like any come and see showed what war is like, Mike. (laughs) There there was no Nathan in come and see. They didn't get to the heart of it because he became like a shit on character for the players. But in real life, the the people who are in those positions are the people that the players go to first for issues or concerns, not the coaches. Yeah. So he had like his job is a bigger role. He's just treated like shit because his character doesn't speak up. The thing that's hard for me though is that I'm already Ted Lasso. I'm already that positive <laughs> towards other people, whereas How To showed me a whole new look on life that I had never thought about before. Does anybody? I have. It seems to me like How To is almost like a found footage show. Do we have a sense? But of not how, scary. Yeah, <laughs> but do we have a sense of like? Is any part of it scripted? There were moments well, with some of the people he talked to where I was like, that kind of seems scripted to me he was talking to the Mon- mandela effect guy mm-hmm. and the mandela effect guy said of, of flip-flops he said it used to be you would hear the flip and then not hear the flop it's not that way anymore <laughs> that sounds that come well, on <laughs> and that it's, a real it's line <laughs> moments like that and it's also that maybe he, this is just how good he is at talking to people and how long he hangs out at places but everywhere he goes he finds somebody to lead him off what the show's started to be about and is now about a bigger crazier thing uh-huh. so but that doesn't bother me like oh no 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 it doesn't bother yeah. me either i i just it's something i i thought about the show mm-hmm. which is is like it, it, it because there is a certain element that the show gathers from the idea that it's just one guy with his camera going out into the world right like that does that that does create some of the energy for the show and so then if some of the things are scripted it's not a complaint so much as it's just something i was interested in because there is a part where he's like i'm gonna go figure out how to make risotto and he just walks into a random person's house and the guy spends like three hours talking to him about how to make (laughs) risotto (laughs) and if that really happened in that way which it seems like it did that's so magical and the show uses a little bit of that mm-hmm. magic, you know? I'm guessing there's producers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing springs up like Sweet Generis, right? Like, there's there's probably somebody contacted that guy and said, hey, will you teach my friend John how to make risotto? Also, I thought of, in the first episode, I thought of him as like a big, a big like uh, lone wolf or, or maybe even a, a loner. But this dude has a lot of friends. Over At the course of the party? show, you see you see this dude interact with like... 20 different attractive people and it's like oh okay 
His fake. birthday party, I was like, that's, that's way way too many friends. How do you have that many? What did uh, you do? You, you both are making me so sad for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I looked at that and went, eh, it's, a, it's a fine amount of for a birthday party. <laughs> it's, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine amount of friends, but not for somebody who you thought of as maybe right. like a, a loner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't, I don't hold that against him either. But... These two shows have have our two nicest guys in them, but the emotional moments in How to with John Wilson, and I I don't want to get into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen the show, uh, may, and you want to skip ahead here, maybe like skip ahead the next next couple of minutes because I do want to talk about where the show ends up because I think it's not I don't think we can really talk about it and really evaluate it without. So we're gonna get into spoiler territory here. The show run. The show seems to be not about COVID at all, and then runs into COVID. Yeah. Um. That did that hurt you? Did that? What was your the emotional effect of suddenly having COVID like come into this show? I mean, Ted Lasso in a lot of ways is a fantasy. Like you can't act like that and be successful. You have to be the opposite of Ted Lasso to be successful. Whereas I think that watching uh, John Wilson, Wilson, yeah. Um. That felt so much more real because he was like, oh, I have filmed these these episodes. Oh, my God, it's COVID. <laughs> in my head, he is Raymond Barone. But, uh, <laughs> everybody oh, is. You hear everybody Deborah, in that voice. COVID. <laughs> I so feel like one, a, one was fantasy nice guy and one was realistic nice guy. That's a big claim to make, though, that you have to be the opposite of Ted Lasso to be successful. Because if you <laughs> if that was true, it wouldn't have any effect on us. Like, Ted Lasso as a character wouldn't impact us as people. Well, because Ryan, I, you would be I've successful. always been the opposite of Ted Lasso, and I've <laughs> never been successful. But yeah, I understand it. I made the same joke, but faster. Good job, Mike. <laughs> the, um, it's weird. John Wilson's, like, a nice guy, but also unforgiving in his interview style because yes. like part of what makes it awkward is the fact that he he does not give the people he's interviewing a way out mm-hmm. like no. they will say something mm-hmm. and he will leave dead air like find your yeah. way out it's brutal to watch him like like do that to each person I'm thinking every person he talks to in particular of that guy uh who he meets like he goes up into the mountains and he like flags down a guy who has like one of those diesel trucks that really just puts all that oh, terrible yeah. smoke into the air. And he asks the guy why he does that. And the guy's like, I, I don't know. I like to. It's fun. And then he's like, do you worry about the environment? And the guy for like five minutes finally comes around and he's like, I don't have an answer for that. I don't have a good answer for why yeah. it's okay for me to do this. <laughs> and he's just like, Okay. Like he just yeah. Well, that goes back to your he doesn't judge like and that's, that's probably what hurts people more because if he got mean, they could get mean yeah. back. Yeah. But it's so it's defeating just... for him to be like, "Oh." What I'm nervous what about Greg is that if we had like art of the year, right? So it was like uh how to with John Wilson versus some museum thing that the a museum did versus Fiona Apple. That would be difficult. Like what is the what is the art piece of the year? But as far as TV comedy goes, I think that changes things. You know, I think that like Ted Lasso is going to sweep in and sort of did everything that John Wilson did and then a lot more. Yeah, it, it's because like having the narrow confines of what a TV comedy does, like being more than anything we normally genreify could hurt John Wilson here, where Ted Lasso is inarguably a TV comedy and inarguably a great TV comedy. It's hard to vote against. Because it has fucking Ted Lasso, the character of Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, milk, if you milk, told him you were going to vote for John Wilson, he'd be like, no, I get it, man. He just yeah, does things no. that I don't do, huh? We all have our strengths. <laughs> I understand how you're feeling, buddy, and I appreciate your uh, your integrity. 
think in Shut a lot up, of ways. Shut up, Tesla. I you're playing mind games with me. <laughs> a vote for him is a vote for me because I agree with you, buddy. All right. <laughs> but it is time to vote. So what is it going to be? Number one seed, Ted Lasso, or number four seed, How To with John Wilson? Ryan? I have to, I have to just go with because I'm I'm like super artsy, Greg. You probably don't know. That yeah, already. and I'm a little bit go, fartsy, and a little bit fartsy. I'm gonna go with how to. All right, you give you, you surprise me a little bit there, Ryan. I have to admit, you kind of seem to be making the comedy argument for a little bit, but that is one vote for how to. Uh, Caitlin, what do you think it's going to be, Ted Lasso or how to? Ted Lasso was just a. Uh, really brilliant show that was uh, had a lot of hope in it and i feel like you left it every single time having more hope for humanity more hope for everyone and then uh, just thinking about everyone differently like because you totally underestimate this dude that you think is a big doofus in the beginning and you, you mm. learn all these different things about him and john wilson does a similar thing like that but i think i i, I liked ted lasso much better so i'm gonna go with ted lasso all it's right. because john wilson gives you like a bleaker hope it's, because it's it's hope, but things are still sad and bad. I go to TV for escas- escapism. So yeah. yes, yes, not like, to not to yes. be inside of your own brain. So, yeah, no, why do they hand me a camera? This you make a good you make a really good point though, Mike. That the the hope from How to with John Wilson is not that things will get better, but that we will get better at dealing with how bad things mm-hmm. are. Uh, so next up is Cassie. Cassie. Ted Lasso or How To with John Wilson? Uh, For me, it's going to be Ted Lasso. All right. That's two for Ted Lasso. Books? I'm also going to go with Ted Lasso. Three for Ted Lasso, Mike? Yeah, I think we pinned it down that if if this was best pop culture of 2020, How To with John Wilson would win. But I think best TV comedy, Ted Lasso just gets that. Yeah. I got to go with Ted Lasso, yeah. Ted Lasso, moving on. I have to say, when his landlord does not die uh, in the last episode, I had almost been crying for like the last half of the last episode because it's all just about how fucked up COVID is. When his landlord has a stroke, but then does not die and comes back to the house, I almost fell over sobbing. That was yeah. like as hard I think as I've ever cried at like watching. Uh, watching something. It was a crazy experience. I've never felt that while actually like just watching something. <laughs> so, hey, listeners, if you're out there and you've not heard of any of these two shows, watch the last two episodes of 10 Lasso with the last episode of uh, How To with John Wilson <laughs> and you will sob your fucking yeah. balls off. <laughs> You'll get a lot of stuff out. All right, so our next matchup is What We Do in the Shadows, which is the number two seed, versus number six seed, Better Things, Better Things, another one of these comedies that you just watch and you just cry. That's You maybe laugh a little bit, but you're definitely going to cry. Versus what we do in the shadows where you might cry from laughing, Ryan. I cannot believe Speak on that. that. <laughs> like, I, I, I quit what we do in the shadows because I did not like the first season. And then I was talked into watching the second season. It, it was so much better. But Better Things is what deserves to move on. Better Things <laughs> is such a good show. Yeah, this is, I feel like we're kind of getting into that same territory that we just were in with the last matchup, right? Isn't it the better piece of art is probably better things, but the better comedy, isn't the better comedy definitely what we do in the shadows, Mike? Also, yeah, better I things mean, is very funny. Uh, if we're talking LPMs, yeah, uh, <laughs> what we do in the shadows uh, is the heaviest of weights of this year. And 
I love Better Things. Better Things is a great show. Everybody should watch. So it's not just us at the tail end of every year being like, we watch this and talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know if we need like another five minutes to talk about this battle. Also, if you've not heard our hit single, it's called Better Things, in parentheses, we watch this, where we <laughs> sing an entire song about how we watch this. Better Things, we watch Diedrich this. Bader. Season it one. real we... sad. Dude, okay. <laughs> D- Dietrich Bader, who was in Harley Quinn as Batman and does an amazing uh-huh. job. In uh, amazing Batman voice. Yes. Plays uh, plays Pamela Adlon's best friend slash soulmate, really, slash like kind of like the actual dad to her kids although his penis wasn't involved but he does everything that's not that part of it right uh he fucking is such an amazing actor he killed it he's so good in this and like he has a couple like lines in this season where it's just like very very impressive stuff from him i'm sorry between everything that greg just said and his work on the drew carey show is diedrich bader a future pop filter hall of he has to be right office space as well yeah, I was going to say, it's crazy knowing him from Office Space and Drew Carey and then watching his range in Better Things. It's like, I knew you were funny. I didn't know you could do this. Man. We, and that's, your name that's, is very hard to say, which I am impressed by. All, the, all this <laughs> makes you all seem this fancy. Means, all this means is that the next time we have a Pop Filter Hall of Fame segment, we're all going to come with Diedrich Bader, and it's going to be amazing. Yes. <laughs> we're all going to chant Diedrich Bader. He's going to get a special place in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. But man, what we do in the shadows, this is like, I have to say, of both of these shows, there is not a bad performance, even in a minor character, in the mm-hmm. entire seasons of either of these shows. Like, everyone that appears on screen, even for a moment, is doing an amazing job. But the comedic chops of the main actors in what we do in the shadows, this is like some of the best work. I mean, Guillermo obviously won for best supporting actor and i guess we haven't done best actor yet or did we do that one we did best we did actor we haven't done best actress yet okay we did best actor so I guess, and that was uh that was jason sudeikis but uh it easily could have been matt barry or the guy that plays nandor or uh or energy vanessa bayer huh vanessa bayer slowly getting her energy sucked by vanessa bayer's like an office worker like, uh-huh. they're all amazing <laughs> She's another she's another energy vampire. Right. And handled that. Yeah, yeah. they <laughs> like battle each other. But the, it is Oh, go. Oh, sorry. It's just like for comedy, like I could say premises of episodes for what we do in the shadows and just that alone is funny. Like when Chuck they go a to the super when they go to the Super Bowl party and they think that they're celebrating a superb <laughs> owl. Look <laughs> funny. Look funny. Superb owl. The owl never they're showed leaving. up. We never friend- got to see the owl, but it was a great night. <laughs> <laughs> the- that they're friends from this f- with this fucking mook from <laughs> Staten Island, like Seriously? the mookiest of mooks, and they actually like him. And they erase his memory until it's like he doesn't even remember like had a person at all. <laughs> but he they- loves his wife. We talked about to- the they hang out with their ghosts. Uh, they get invited to like one of the like Anne Rice style like theater of vampires, <laughs> and it turns out to be a trap. But just their whole explanation of this like circle circus of vampires, like partial nudity, top and bottom, <laughs> <laughs> the curse email. Yes, freaking out over the chick. Look, we have to get people's emails. There has to be someone. Oh crap. Uh, <laughs> okay, but it is time 
to vote. So what is it going to be? Let's see. Cassie, let's start with you. Is it what we do in the shadows or better things? Uh, for me, what we do in the shadows was almost a perfect comedy. I'm voting that one. All right. Caitlin? What we do in the shadows. Ryan? Better things. Mike? What we do in the shadows. Oh, books. What we do in the shadows. Better things. We love you. We really do. We love you so much. The problem is you exist in some sort of third space. You're neither drama nor comedy. You're always going to get outclassed by some comedy that's just trying to sex us up with their great jokes and bits. Well, next year, (laughs) wait for a new episode of Booty, which is Booty something, where all of the drama drama comedies go into that bracket. We need a third bracket. Dramedies. Commas. Well, that is it for that round. So we know our finals, what is going to be what we do in the shadows versus Ted Lasso. Chalk is one versus two. But before we do that, we have to pick the best actress. Awards. Everybody likes them, but nobody wants to give them away. Well, we went ahead and solved that by giving out awards to all our favorite actors and actresses in comedies. Now it's time to pick the best actress. From Better Things, Pamela Adlon. Ryan, do you know who this is? I do. I I, I feel like this is the star of the single best actress of any comedy or drama that we've talked about tonight. Um, I don't understand how she does it. And I understand that she gets a lot of shit for being the person who is like, oh, comedies aren't funny anymore let me double down on that and make them even less funny than they have ever been before but still pamela adlon who was once one bobby hill is doing it over here on a show that she is raising three daughters and they're all terrible and she's making it awesome and they dealt with that this season when she had to like re-audition for ring of the mill or whatever yeah (laughs) ring of the mill which is like a, a lord of the rings king of the hill mixture mm-hmm. and then was to- chicken boy <laughs> was told in this episode what more and more actors are going to be told in the next few years which is we're going to use computers to take a dead person <laughs> yeah, from and like just, the 50s or something yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> and just use his programmed voice instead so you're out of here and i want to point out the fact that uh pamela adlon is five one whereas ted lasso is seven three so Jason Sudeikis is very tall. That's a big, yeah. that's he a big, can that's dunk a big dep- deficit. without jumping. I didn't know either wow. were that short. Or, I don't know what height. Yeah. I don't know height. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a, Ryan's my height. One man. of these elites who knows about height. From what we do in the shadows, Natasha Demetrio, Mike. Undersung hero of this show, man. I I, I do like, we, we talked about how great Matt Berry and, and Kevin are. Uh, but she, I, I think she does a lot with a little. She gets big when it needs to be. But like talking about the the subtlety and thrown to the camera, like she understands the uh, full complexity of Nadja. And she seems to me, from my like just watching a little bit of season one to see, and then all of season two, she seems like the one that took like the the big leap mm-hmm. forward in terms of like finding the character and her her ad libs and everything. Yeah, and she she is the king or queen of looking at the camera and being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> just man, she should win just based on how she says the name Jeff, and and making fun of what a weak modern name it is. <laughs> Jesh, Jesh. Uh, 
also when she is like she meets her ghost and they just are like the best of friends together yeah. like her acting in that scene alone would just like her back and forth is so <laughs> uh-huh. great to watch <laughs> Also, she handled that doll, and I'm 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 one of the best <laughs> actors, and I would not have been able to handle that doll. <laughs> <laughs> From the great Caitlin, it's L. Fanning. Oh man, L. Fanning. So I only knew Dakota Fanning prior to this. I knew she had like a sister, but I I'd, I'd never seen her in anything else, and she blew me away with how mature she is and how she really conveyed so much through this character, but also made it funny somehow. So I was blown away by her performance and man, she had to pee a lot in this and every time she peed I laughed. So it was that was good too. I like that on, part. On to branches. Onto yeah. like some like I don't know what it was called wheat. wheat. It was onto wheat, <laughs> and wheat. it actually did flower. And yeah. to say that she was pregnant, which that was I was surprised by that because it did I not need, seem like something that would really happen. Yeah, I need to look that up if that's true or not because that blew my mind. And I was and like, by look it up, do you mean just start peeing on wheat? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I need to grab a bundle and piss on it. It's technically called the Great Asterisk. Um, and then the asterisk is a mostly true story. So that part of it might not actually. That's the one part. Everything no, else. Everything else perfectly the only accurate. part is true is you can. I thought weight. I always, you know, I thought of her as an actress. Obviously, I did not think of her as having the comedic chops yeah. that mm-hmm. she has. She's a very comfortable comedic actor. Her natural yeah. timing is what surprised mm. me. Like she, like need. It seemed like she needed no coaching on that. Like when she needed to deliver a funny line, her timing was perfect. I feel like we're in the era of Elizabeth Olsen and Elle Fanning and Dakota, Mary Kate, and Ashley can get the fuck out of here. Hey, older sisters, <laughs> kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> up next from Shit's Creek, McKenna, it's Anna Murphy. A little bit. Alexis. <laughs> a little bit Alexis. I think we've talked about this moment so often, but when she breaks up with Ted... We see so much emotional depth in her delivery because most of the time she gets to just be a little bit Alexis and just <laughs> drive home with her um, moments. And and there's there's a great way of her her comedy is not the typical comedy of just delivering lines or having perfect timing. It's her hand movements. It's her mouth yeah. movements. It's so much of her body language. And you see over the seasons her grow in this ability to like adapt her similar hand movements but in a genuine way as opposed to a disinterested way <laughs> yeah, and that's point. that's talented that's a very difficult thing to do from you know first playing with your hair being like okay um so could you stop talking so i can get to my point to playing with her hair to be like okay i'm genuinely interested but i also have issues um in the later seasons and i think she does that very well I've already said this about the season, but like that is the moment of the season, right? Like what she does oh. in that moment where she's like still Alexis, but like still has feelings, but is still Alexis. That was so good. It was so good. Yeah, uh, she will go down in history as the person who made how you hold a purse funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she like invented funny purse holding. But Cassie, the last nominee is also from Schitt's Creek. It's Pop Filter Hall of Famer, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, it's insane. Like, when you throw in these big names in here who have already, like, she is known to be great, and then, like, to come back for this. Because I don't think, I think she came for, like, a pilot or whatever and didn't think she was going to be a part of it. Yeah. And, like, there there could be nobody else for this role. The way, like, 
she made the everybody say bebe differently like <laughs> it's the way, the way she does everything like it just changed culture i feel like there is a whole like there's schitt's creek Catherine o'hare like way to talk she she's so good in this role of moira that all the other family shit grew and arced and she just didn't and we're all fine with that <laughs> she, she liked her daughter by the end and that was yeah, her growth. That's, that's the growth the coolest thing about um about this character is that Catherine o'hare is actually the most down-to-earth person mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a lot of i'll be honest a lot of people when we put them in the pop filter hall of fame like you do see them change like you see a different side of them <laughs> after that because yeah, they feel so good head. about it but she has like really <laughs> stayed grounded and it's just i saw like a like i went to like a cast like not meet and greet because i was like so far away from them but like reading oh, say the opposite not meet and greet because we were friends but like a no 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 <laughs> like they did a reading of, of of a script and then answered some questions and everything and you would think that she was like an extra or something she's just so quiet and so unassuming uh and then obviously when the cameras start rolling it's how you know power like, man yeah uh, so uh anybody want to guess who won <laughs> wait one more time go through them okay i'll go <laughs> one more time host the show uh the nominees are pamela adlon Natasha Demetrio, Elle Fanning, Ann Murphy, Annie Murphy, excuse me, and Catherine O'Hara. It's very clearly Pamela Adlon, star of the best show in the comedy bracket. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, it is, surprise, 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 it's Catherine O'Hara, pop filter Hall of Fame bump. (laughs) (laughs) When uh, two different panelists own... Funko Pop figurines of your character. There's probably point. a pretty good chance that you're going to win. When we come back, we are going to pick the best comedy of 2020. It has come time, ladies and gentlemen, to pick the best comedy of 2020. We must be teachers because we fucking love chalk. The number one seed, Ted Lasso. Versus the number two seed, what we do in the shadows. Well, we made this bed for ourselves. Let's lie in it. Mike, I, what do you think? I love the I, fact that we have to tell one of these two great shows, fuck you, bitch. Get out of yeah, here. You yeah, you are nothing to us. You are garbage. Better luck next time, jackasses. I think my new goal is because we did one versus two for the albums, one versus two for comedy. I'm going to do everything I can to make some weird happen in the drama show <laughs> that's what you think that's what you think no, and it's just gonna go pure chalk my heels uh i i think ted lasso has that new show glint on it it's the one show on apple plus people watched and we're yeah. like oh this might be a streaming service <laughs> worth having uh but man what we do in the shadows i don't think there's a funnier show on television uh, Wouldn't you feel like a big stupid jackass if we left and we didn't proclaim what we do in the shadows the best yes. comedy of 2020? I, that, that's the I. It came out like in February. I watched it then. Went well. I have my winner and didn't watch any <laughs> other shows till last week, and I was right. It's so hard to like know where to vote on this one because like there is no show that can make you feel the way that Ted Lasso does. I don't think it, it couldn't have come out in a more perfect time too, where it was one that made everybody want to be better. But if you're going to a comedy, like, I know it's just what we do in the shadows is so perfect. I totally so agree. Funny. I feel like that if they, there was a there was a bracket that was like, what is the show that is most like a giant stuffed animal? Ted Lasso has it no problem. But what we do in the shadows, Ted Lasso is amazing. But what we do in the shadows is mind blowing. I'm sorry, Caitlin. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I just said it's so funny. Like, I was like, you just continue to laugh. And it's one of those shows where you laugh out loud, which a lot of shows you watch and it's funny and it's like, like giggle to yourself or like laugh in your head. No, I was laughing out loud watching what we do in the shadows. And I don't feel like there's a lot of shows that do that now. I want to going back and they're already gone because everybody's saying uh, the great place or the good place lost some uh, miles up at speedball. Could you imagine the great place? With a bunch of foreign people in heaven? <laughs> Chidi drawing that horse so badly and that it's horrifically and vomiting blood yeah. and stuff is the hardest I've laughed alone in years. Yeah, but they, ca- they kept they kept like the making the graphics a little bit better each uh-huh. year on that show, all so that they could have that horse really <laughs> worth it. Hey, you McKenna, know, I, McKenna, yesterday I got a text from Greg that said, oh, what we do in the shadows is taking this whole thing down. Does that piss you off? Does that make you want to vote the other way? It does make me want to vote the other way. Just to <laughs> just to be the devious person. I think this is a really tough category. And it kind of comes down to, because they're both fantastic shows, it comes down to like what you look for in a comedy. Do you look for something that's going to restore your soul a little bit? Do you look for character growth? Do you want to see you know, goodness as well as humor and comedy, or do you just want to laugh and remember how much you laughed and like laugh I gotta say, about those scenes? If you say you're going to restore my soul, I'm in. Like that seems like <laughs> such an amazing thing. It sounds like the kind of thing they would try to do on what we do in the shadows and then it would not go very well. <laughs> another Topher you- kind of situation. <laughs> what we do in the shadows is the only show brave enough to look at Nick Kroll and actually show him for what he is, which is yes. like a rich, petty little fuckhead. Yes. yes <laughs> totally. That is the real Nick Kroll, not this big mouth, not, not you know, lovable John Mulaney's no. friend. That is not the real Nick Kroll. He's oh, no, this gross is and unctuous and awful. And that's and like where all his, his power daddy comes is one from. of the richest people in the country. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys think it's I, possible? I don't, I don't know how this is going to go down, but do you guys think it's possible for Ted Lasso season two to beat what we do in the shadows season three? Yeah. If, if, if what we do in the shadows, uh, loses grip a little, then Sure. I'm showing all my cards. <laughs> I, I also think it's going to be tough because see- season one of Tad Lasso felt so perfect. I don't know if we have many places to go. I'm nervous for season two of Ted Lasso. And also, it, the, the end of season one of Ted Lasso dumped the major league sort of plot line. You know, uh-huh. like now the, now the league relegated. is like... Uh, yeah. And uh, they even did that by like quoting major league. They said yeah. like, let's win the whole fucking thing. Uh, so I don't know where they're going to go. I, I bet that Roy is going to be an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going anywhere. No, he's, know, yeah. he's needed. Well, yeah. Now it's going to be about them being with all the bad news bears. And they're yeah, trying to climb back into the real league. Honestly, they did the best thing they possibly could have for the show, which is having them be relegated. That's going to be so interesting to watch them go and re- like they thought they were they were kind of like a lower ranked team before. When you drop leagues, you lose so much money. So they're going to be playing in like real rinky dink stadiums. I think it, it gives them a lot of a lot of places to go with the show. Well, that's the future. But what I'm interested in, ladies and gentlemen, is the present, which is to say the recent past, which is to say 2020 <laughs> and the comedies thereof we need to pick which one is moving on we have number one ted lazo it is phasing off against number two what we do in the shadows mike which is moving on i think everybody should often be in the shadows and that is my vote is <laughs> in the shadows. very good that's one for what we do in the shadows 
Caitlin, what do you think should move on? Twilight the show or soccer the show? Oh, man. Great. You stole it from me. I was just about to say vampires. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, That's awful. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm obviously going to vote for the vampires always. What we do in the shadows. So good. How rude. I just say took your thing. Okay. Uh, so that's two for what we do in the shadows. Ryan, what do you say? Ted Lasso or what we do in the shadows? I, I like I cannot tell you like what I went through last night watching the two last episodes of Ted Lasso. Like I was I was crying, I was screaming, <laughs> I was cheering, like it was so nuts. But what we do in the shadows, I it I could not believe how great it was. If you if it was Ted Lasso minus the uh, Jackie Daytona episode of What We Do in the Shadows that might be closed. <laughs> but I do have to go with What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows for Ryan. Uh, who Raise your hand if you've not voted yet because I instantly lost track. Cassie? I uh, vote again. I want to vote again. <laughs> this one is the hardest thing. It makes sense that they're one and two. For me, like it's a weird thing where I think Ted Lasso, Lasso exists as like the best show overall, but if we're going comedy, it's What We Do in the Shadows. So that's where I'm going. All right. Books, is it going to be a clean sweep? Do you agree it's what we do in the shadows? There's a part of me that just wants to just be that asshole to make it not a clean sweep. Because I, I do so It's you so good. And I feel like we're almost making Ted Lasso seem not as great as it is. And it's a fantastic show. So you know what? I know how what we do in the shadows is going to take it. But I'm still voting for Ted Lasso. I think it's fantastic. Oh, shit. Nice. Good for you. That keeps it from being... <laughs> This is how I got her to vote for Biden, guys. Is I was like, everybody's voting for Trump. Everybody's saying Trump is going to win. And she's like, well, fuck well, that. Well, fuck that. I have to do the opposite. Nice. I have to say that feels right to me. This is just such a good show. It's the perfect season for it. It's the perfect year for it. It was fun to watch. It was awesome. What We Do in the Shadows, your 2020 comedy of the year. I want to thank all the panelists, especially the unnatural 20s who put up with so much to... Help us monkey around and pick the best shows. Next week, (laughs) we will be moving away from the comedies that make us cry to the dramas that make us laugh. I've been your host, Greg. See you next time. And until then, keep watching them comedy shows.